Hi, Satans! Welcome to Satire Radio, your one-stop community that helps writers and readers succeed by exposing them to invaluable reading and writing resources and networks across Africa. And today we present to you our monthly authors expose, featuring latest projects from your favorite authors across the continent, including the backstage lives. Stay tuned and enjoy! Hello everybody, how are we doing? Welcome to our monthly's Autos Expose. Autos Expose is basically bringing to light new authors and um, the backstage life to your favorite old authors. So if you're an author who wants to be out there and connect to your readers and to get new ones, then this is the place for you. So send us a mail on satireafrica at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram, satireafrica. So hi, Adeswa. Welcome to Otto's Expose. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So guys, this is Adeswa Ilobe. Adeswa is a... How do I describe Adeswa? She's a thoughtfully spontaneous catalyst who believes that reading and writing are superpowers that could be used to change the world. A pro-act, anti-climate change enthusiast and a business career strategist who loves to come up with new ideas. She loves great music, dancing, and fried planting. <laughs> She's also a bank fashion designer and a lawyer as well. She's also an author of um, two books and several anthologies. Welcome once again, Adeswa, to Autos Expose. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, Adeswa, can you tell us um, things about you that isn't out there? Things about me that is not out there. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, say, when, when you say that isn't out there, I don't know what to, to say because I don't even know what's out there and what's not. I think I've mentioned it in some interviews that I used to draw comics as a child. I would draw pages and pages of comics in my old exercise notebooks and then have my classmates read them. And then I still love drawing and that is becoming painting now. So I've been painting a bit Hmm. more these days. Yeah. Then when people don't know that I do a lot of things at the same time, or they may have figured out from the things I post, but I have a lot of interests. Well, it's a given since I'm a writer, but I love to write autobiographies too, as a ghostwriter or, yeah, or either way, yeah. Wow. So, okay. I did my research and I found out you loved fiction. So this one is new to me, that you actually write autobiographies (laughs) too. But that's great. So if you want to write your autobiography, contact this one. Okay, so um, okay, yeah. As I've been opportuned to read two of your books, The Farm and Tamed. Now, when I first got introduced to your work, I'm like, okay, fiction, because I love to read and I love fiction. And then I'm like, okay, fiction. And then when I opened The Farm, I don't know what I was expecting, uh, but it was definitely not that. (laughs) You know, when you read fiction and it causes you to like, go back and start doing research and all of that that was exactly what the farm did to me so um what happened i mean did you just wake up on money and say oh i want to write a book that is controversial or i want to write a book that's going to make people start questioning everything they know what was 
the motivation behind that? Why you say questioning everything they know? I mean, it makes it look as if I wrote something mysterious. <laughs> I don't want to give spoilers out there for people who have. You should go and read the farm. I cannot be controlling myself from saying all these things. Go and read it. <laughs> so what? Um, it, it's more like um, you know these things already exist, but to come face to face with it in such a way that it looks exactly like real life is just mm. where you gave the description. I would. Have have felt that you probably went there as an undercover spy, you know, like some lottery kind of thing, because the exact descriptions you gave, the locations, everything. <laughs> no, I don't set out to write things that are controversial. I th- I set out to write things that are true and things that people should know that is going on and to call them to action. So... Those are the things that that's those are the kind of things I set out to write. So I don't know, even from a very young age, it has always been my dream to write books and stories that people would read and be like, oh, okay, I never saw this this way before. Um, because of what I have read, I'm going to start acting in a positive kind of way, or I'm going to do what I can to change, you know, to change um whatever is going on. So for the farm. The farm were stories that had just been in my laptop. They were responses to various competitions I never got to win yet. And okay, so asking about things that people did not know. Many people did not know that the farm was written as drama. It was supposed to, it was written like um, a story that would have been, yeah, acted on stage. Yes. When I decided that, okay, I'm going to publish it as a book, I decided to rewrite it into the form that you read it yeah so many people don't know that and it took me three weeks to rewrite it wow. one thing that many people do not know yeah now so, that I, think about, I want to see the farm on live like i want to see it on stage <laughs> that was what the farm was it was supposed to be acted on radio it was supposed to be a radio play the organization that put out the competition aimed for it to be something that would be done on radio, but, well, it didn't make it there, but it's fine. And I got inspired by the story when I, I there was a documentary I watched about um, um, parenting and also surrogacy. And the form it took, and this was in India, but the way it was organized made me start thinking, okay, so this this sort of thing is formalized and legalized in this part of the world. But it, I know that it is, it is also happening in Nigeria, but it is not, it's not formal. Here. Exactly. It's not legal. People just do it and all. So I began to wonder, how would it look like being inside that kind of environment? And then there was a movie that made an attempt I've forgotten the movie, but I think it was it was um, directed by Messi Aibe. She tried to also come up with something like that, but it was more around the life after. So it was life after being in such a home, being in that kind of place, how it was for the person. So my so I was still very hooked on what could have gone on to have made the person even be like this, you know. So that's so those two things made me decide that okay, I'm going to. I'm going to extray what happens in that kind of place. So that's how the farm came about. And it has other stories too. Yeah. 
So you guys catch the farmer and other stories. We'll not tell you any of that. Thing. <laughs> so Adesa, we have another of your very super fan here, Oleg. Oleg, say hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> hi, Adesa. Hi, Oleg. So Oleg has an interview. So Oleg is going to carry on now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've got a few questions as well. I think the first one I wanted to ask always is, uh, what's your your own favorite character in, in your in you know in any of your stories? Hmm. Okay, that would be Ogona. Yes. Yeah, Ogona because she was a very difficult character to write, and she more or less I don't know if you guys realize that she carried a lot of power throughout the book. There were a lot there were a lot of things that she had to ensure that the story becomes. So I'll say Oguna. And then if I had a second choice, I'll say Terror because I've never had to write that kind of character. So those two people. Wow. <laughs> he was pretty evil, guy. Yeah. Un- who were your favorite? Oh, you said unexpected. What, who did you expect to be my favorite character? No, I didn't expect it to be to be the evil, uh, you know, Terror. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So who did you expect it to be? Why would Terror be anybody save my character? Because I was able to bring somebody like that to life. You know, when I wrote that story, I was really very, very wary of the fact that I didn't do justice to his character. So the, one of the feedback I wanted to get was from OM to, to find out if he did it. You know, if he, he brought that aspect of the book to life. And I was happy to find out that he did so yeah i know many people don't like terror but i hope i don't know if anybody noticed a soft side to him or the good side to him good side to terror oh my god no i will not rant about this (laughs) (laughs) exactly okay so but to be to be honest i think my my favorite character in your books would be uh, ira I don't know, maybe I'm putting wrong uh, pronunciation, but Ira from Tamed uh, was, uh, you know, pretty well drawn with all the details and, uh, you know, the feelings are feeling like natural, like uh, very colorful. Mm. This one, do you have a favorite character from Tamed? Well, my favorite character in Tamed will be Sam. And then God, God, yeah, the two of them. Sam was like my fav- second favorite character. I think my favorite character was Tubo. Yes, yes, yes. I was actually my my got a question because Sam, I think I, I felt like he's got, uh, you know, he's got maybe a real life prototype. It's like uh, a lot of specifics about him. It feels like maybe he's got some sort of prototype in in real life. Who hmm. Sam? Yes. Like, is he written after somebody? Well. Sam is a lot of people, so there's really no prototype prototype. But Sam mm. is a lot of people at at various points in their lives that I just you know merged. And well, Sam could even be a part of myself. So what I was just trying to do with Sam was to show us various aspects of one's life that is anxious, that is worried over the future, that feels like they can do everything by themselves. You know, you know how you worry and you know you can't do anything about it, but you're still worried because you feel like if you don't worry, you've not done anything. You know, that aspect. And then shelving issues that we can really confront. 
Yeah. So if you notice, everybody does that. So Sam is everybody really. And then the reason why I decided to write the story from his perspective is because we have a lot of stories, um, a lot of love stories from the ladies' angle. So I just thought to myself, why not write from a guy's perspective for once? So yeah. So that's why Sam is the lead character. Mm. Or rather one of the lead characters. That's great. That that's really great. Love story from the guy's angle. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that was the hardest part of writing the book. Trying to I know, right? Because be like, yeah, exactly. I get you. Oh, All like, right. What did you think? Was it realistic enough for a guy? Yes, pretty, pretty realistic. Yes, yes. I was just uh, because of that, you know, because of this uh, realism. I felt, you know, there's too much specifics, too much detail to, for it to be completely invented. So maybe it's a real, real person there in that book. <laughs> oh wow! So I guess I should write more books from a guy's perspective then. <laughs> I'm happy you did. Like I'm so happy you did. So, so one thing people don't know about him is that, you know, it's a Christian book, first of all. So you're going to hear me always give glory to God for that book because the way the book was written itself always amazes me. Me, I started it. In fact, you know how you have a story in your mind for weeks and then you don't do anything about it. And then all of a sudden, I just, so I, I remember praying about it and saying, God, I want to do something on my birthday and I want it to be about you and it would be nice if it's a story and all that but I'm stuck I feel stuck I don't know how to you know go about it but I know what I, I had a, a, a an inkling as to what the story was going to achieve and let's say today was Monday on Tuesday I was just quietly sitting you know spending time with God as usual and then you know how your father is just giving you a load down on things that you should write, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just wrote it down like a plot. And I finished writing the story by Saturday. So, so give or take, I wrote that story in three days. Hmm. And it was ready. Wow. And so that told me a lot of things. Yeah, that told me a whole lot of things. And I'm happy that. I, I followed and I obeyed and it came out. Like I hear people give me send all sorts of testimonies and reviews and I'm shocked as to I'm like, if only these guys know that this story just took about three days. But then I think that ascribes to to God in the picture. And wow. it sort of confirmed to me that okay, I should be writing Christian based stories. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually like, don't know that that's it. <laughs> I, I like how you just keep giving us new things at every question. So there's something you don't know. Let <laughs> me just tell you now. <laughs> so um, I think same is among <laughs> among the list of um, books and films that I feel were specifically authored by God. So Tim joins that list for me. So um, I, I have a specific question. My question is, as a reader, um, or when you go to see movies in the cinema and then you maybe watch this movie or you read this book and then you start to see yourself as a character in this book. I mean, when I read Harry Potter, I was living in Hogwarts for like a month in my head. 
So um, mm -hmm. as, as a writer, I want to ask, do you like have to, because for me, as a, I'm a very emotional reader, I read with my emotions. So I have to immerse myself in that book to be able to read it and actually gain from it. If I can't put myself in that story, I end up dumping it halfway or I don't learn anything from it. So now as a, as a writer, do you put yourself in, um, in the book, in the story to be able to write it or do you just run by? Mm, yeah, I do. In fact, it's a very, very important aspect of writing for me. Immersing myself in the characters, walking in their shoes, trying to think as they would think or reason as they reason, what is their why. So I mentor children in writing and even adults. And it's a huge part of writing. I always emphasize that they do. Immersing yourself. In fact, I call it introspecting so that mm. you can, you more or less become your characters, right? So, so that, which is why I was worried for Tim at some point, because how do you do all of that in three days? But it depends. And the beautiful thing that, about it for me is I do not write until I have finished doing that bit of work. So for instance, it took me a year or more to immerse myself in the characters of, um, of one year. I don't know if anybody has read one year. Mm. Well, a, I have one. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps I'll drop the link. It was published, it was published online by Brittle Paper. And it's about the Chibok girls. It was inspired it. by the Chibok girls. I'm so okay, sorry. So it took me. So it didn't take note of the name. <laughs> okay, so you see how you see how short that story is. But it took me over a year to get into the heads of characters because wow. it was quite difficult. How do you become the parents of? Um, of the a child world. that has been kidnapped and uh, yeah I may never return you know or how do you get into the head of her friend who was just with mm -hmm. her that evening but was able to escape yeah who, okay, is who, was, who was with her the evening she was kidnapped so so yes it's a very important part of rights for me I meant a lot so I don't even start writing until I'm feeling my characters and then there are some times you start writing and you might have to introduce a new character. But then because of the other characters that you have written, it sort of gives life to the new person you are trying to create. So it, it might not be as difficult, but sometimes you might see yourself forcing to understand that new dimension. So yes, I do that. And it's a very, I, I encourage writers to do the same. Uh, because it's quite easy to it, it's quite easy to spot when a writer doesn't do that i think that, that brings me to something else how do you put yourself in the character of terror how <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember i can't remember but i think what i did mostly was to hang on to his wife what I did mm. was to use more of his heart, heartbreak, the fact that he was heartbroken, you know, 
and speaking from somebody who has been disappointed so the kind of things so i, I thought of the extreme I, I thought of the extremes that a person would go to express you know to express um what's the word hurt and disappointment so people yeah, react so, so i so so yeah i tried to put him to that extreme as why because the thing is there's always a why for everything. There's a reason why people steal. There's a reason why people go kidnap someone. There's a reason why one will stoop to such level of wickedness. There's always a reason. There's always a reason for everything we do. Even if we, dis- we even if we decide not to stop and confront that reason, it's always there, whether we like it or not. Hmm. So I focused on that reason and yeah, just milked it. Okay. Um, I've got I've got another another question. Um, as there's some there's some the book contained, um, you know, as you said, there's a lot of um, lot of uh, Christianity, a lot of God in it, and uh, for me, like as a yeah. non-believer, it's uh, it's very interesting in the kind of telling. But I noticed one thing that. Uh, mm. I didn't. I didn't know how it's like, how it works. But uh, there, there is no, there is no pastor figure. There's no, uh, you know, priest. Uh, everything happens between, you know, characters and God directly. Is it? Um, I wonder if it's important, yeah. this aspect, or why, why it's like that, and if, or is it just a small, small yeah, I'm special? I'm so happy that you noticed. Funny enough, you're the first person pointing it out. Aside the editors that, oh, there's no pastor, there's no church. There was no mention of a church in team. And it was very, it was very deliberate because things was written with an aim to let people know that your relationship with God is very important. As much as you, you have to go to church, you know, you have to be pastored. But what do you yourself believe that God is to you? You know, what's your relationship like with him? what is God's mind for us as his children? You know, how does he want to relate with us? I hear a lot of Christians say things like, oh, God doesn't talk to me. You know, they, are, they, they travel far and wide to get somebody to talk to God on their behalf or to hear what God has to say for them. But how do you create a child that you will not speak to? You know, how does somebody create, give you, um, give you the ability to talk and he himself will not talk to you. So that alone tells us that God wants to speak to us. God wants to have a relationship with us. And a lot depends on our relationship with him. So you could be going to church from, for years and you may not even still get to know God for yourself. You might just know this God through the eyes of your pastor, your priest, which is not bad. It's not bad to, to, be, to be, what's the word, to be led or guided. But thing is calling us to action to say you have a responsibility to um, you have a responsibility to, to, to have a relationship with God. You have a relation, you have a responsibility to build yourself up spiritually. Don't leave it in the hands of your pastors and your priests. The best they can do is to guide you, to advise you. But when it comes to encountering him, it's very beautiful when it's a personal experience. So, 
So that was the objective obtained. It was very, very, um, I, it was not, it is not, it is in no way saying there is no need to go to church or, um, or listen to pastors and all. No, it was very focused on personal relationship, relationship. It's magical, yes. It's magical, how so? I don't know, it's just, a, um, in, it's like a feeling that's, uh, um, you know, things get resolved, uh, get moved, not just by um, you know realistic things like you know you, you keep you put some work and it it, it, it will work out but uh, so in in some ways it's like by like by, by a miracle you know so suddenly things work out by itself somehow i i understand this is you know intended as as an act of god in, in a way so like uh, some troubles were resolved when when he put uh, his faith uh, gave his uh, kind of, you know, the, the control gave the control of his life, uh, yeah. and uh, that's result. But you know, from from like uh, from just a narrow point of view, just a reader, uh, it's like uh, like magic. It just it just uh, the, the the whole weight weight heavy weight is lifted by you know doing some something. And then it's salt. It's good. Okay. I, I think I get what you mean. Yeah. So you know, multiple stories in in um, in this both both books I've, I've read in in um, Tamed and also um, the Farm, and uh, it kind of spans uh, uh, several gen genres in a way. But uh, what what do you feel like you have? Um, you know your favorite genre. What what kind of stories do you like to write the best? Okay, generally I love writing fiction, any form. So far, it is fiction. I could switch at any time. So, may I ask, which of the genres do you did you like in the stories that you've read written by me? I think I liked I liked the the farm you know the main the main story about the farm, which is, I guess it's a, uh, it's drama with some uh, crime in it and, but then I think it's more like love story and it's also very beautiful. Um, okay. I don't know which which one is better. Yeah, so it's fiction for me. Fiction does it every time. Like I could just switch. It just depends on what I'm trying to. Um, the message I'm trying to pass across. So I would make the story fit into that, which is why immersing myself in the story in the first place is very important. So, so for instance, in the farm, I've never been to any of the settings, never, apart from Abuja, where I had to make them work, you know? So that's how it works for me. Okay. And uh, do you have uh, your favorite author or favorite book uh, from where you can draw inspiration? Or My favorite author will be Francine and Jeffrey Archer. I like Francine. I like how she, Francine Rivers, she brings, she brings her stories to life. She brings, um, I like how she brings the characters to life. And then she's a Christian-based author too. Then I like um, I like Jeffrey Archer's um, style when it comes to movement. I don't know if you read any of his books. You see how he 
right? I could take you through a journey of 20 years in just about 200 pages and you'll still be, and you'll be wowed and everything will be complete. He just has this magical way of, um, what's the word? Of just telling you a story. He's a good, he's a good storyteller. So Francis Rivers, Jeffrey Archer, they are my best every time. Okay. Um, Adesa, as regards the previous question, when you asked Oleg which is his favorite, let me just translate that for you. We don't have favorites when it comes to your books. Everything is a hit back to back. Yeah, speaking for myself. <laughs> Did Oleg tell you that he doesn't have favorites? <laughs> but thank you, though. <laughs> oh, thank and I you. love Francine Rivers, too. Yeah, I don't know. Oleg, have you ever read any of Francine's books? No, I think I didn't read that. I I, I should, I should actually. I think I, I think, I think oh, yeah, you should. should. I think you should try. You, you should. really should. You should. She's good. You should. She's a good writer. So we're not just saying it because we just want to talk, or because she's she's Christian. She's indeed a good writer. So you should. She does her homework very well. If you like one writer, I know that is not lazy. She does her research, like I will was really wowed by the Mark of the Lion series, the depth of research oh, and knowing depth, that she put like, into that book. At one point, I had to stop and go back. Like, I, I was with my phone and I kept research, like, checking, wait, did she just write this? Did this really happen in this, in this time and all of that? She's a very, oh, I think another person that kind of does that for me is Dan Brown. But the thing about Dan Brown is Dan Brown does not need research to actually write you a, 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 a story. So you basically read everything that Brown writes and then you go back and you're like, this guy just wrote a bunch of not existing history at all. <laughs> but but if, if you go back to the to, to the to your favorite authors like uh, Francis Rivers uh, Francis Rivers, uh, what's what's the favorite book you would say? Is there a favorite? Uh, that would be um, a voice in the wind. Mm. A voice in the wind. The first, the, that's that's the first part of the Mark of the Lion series. But I've read that book like three times. Then I've read the other two parts twice. So the Mark of the Lion series is really great. The first part, and then the other two, very fun. Two of them. But there's always something. There's something about that Hadassah. There's something about Hadassah story that always gets me. But then I think she was a perfect definition for even if the the world is literally on your shoulders, as long as I like as long as you know you have God, you're fine. <laughs> that was wow. basically yeah. had it. You know, when you read so like it, it, when you've read Tamed and then you read that one um that's those that series and then you uh, another of, another favorite of our books, aside that will be the masterpiece. I like the fact that it is is new. It takes into con uh, cognizance the trends, the new trends of the world today and everything, and it still makes a very valid point. You know, so I like how Hadassah transited from almost being feeling the feeling of. Well, she wasn't hopeless, but she was almost giving up on hope 
to the point where she was able to, you know, stand her grounds and her beliefs, to the point where she went through all she went through and, and then became even more, what's the word, yielded. I won't say she became even more powerful, but it seemed like the more she yielded to what God wanted her to do, the more it seemed like she manifested some form of abilities. So I guess, you know what, read, just read the story, then you get I, I try not to give spoilers. <laughs> I'm trying not to give spoilers so that you, you get it. But it just shows that you cannot, you cannot be a child of God or worship God and not have a relationship with him because you'd be missing out on many things he wants you to know and do and enjoy. Yes. You know, I find it really weird that people say, oh, Francine, they love Francine, and then they mention her books and they don't mention redeeming love. I, that is a disrespect to the fan base. That is a disrespect to redeeming oh, love. Redeeming that love is beautiful respect. too. No, 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 but calm down. See, redeeming love is great. I don't even see it as a book. It's just something everybody must read. You've got, you've got taste, you've got style. I need to, I need to listen to what you're saying. Okay, that comes to the, to the next question. You, you've mentioned, I noticed, that you wanted to be a writer from uh, when you were uh, little. And, uh, but what is, was there like any event or any specific book? Or, or how, how did it happen? Why did you decide? Oh, yeah, well, I don't know. But I know that I used to read a lot from a very young age. And I mean a lot, like a lot. So I, have, I had this very sheltered childhood. So I lived most of my fantasies through books and stuff. So I read a lot. Then I could read like three books, three, four books. And I'm not joking. It came to a point where I started writing my own. So I wasn't just reading. I would also just scribble stories in notebooks and stuff. And they were pretty serious. Plus the comics. So even at that, at from around six, seven, he asked me what you want to be. I'll just tell you a writer straight up. I didn't even think about it. I didn't just think about it. And I didn't think it was impossible. I knew it was something that would happen. In fact, I, I considered myself one already. Yeah, six years so, old. Oh, yes. So, yes, at that age, I used to read very big books. And the reason why I can put a mark to it, it was because I had a classmate then who used to have a lot of um, I don't know if you know this Mallory Torres books, St. Clair's and famous five so i think her dad used to buy them so we then we had a pact so when she, when, when when she gets them i borrow them and i and she, she she used to ensure i return them by the next day because her father would notice so that is why i can put a an age to it and then also at that time i would have finished reading all the books that we needed to study for the year then start reading books for other years like oh those that were in primary by that age i was reading books for people in primary six and all and then when i got to when i got to secondary school literature now became happened to be the only course i didn't really need to read much i just understood it i just got it so it wasn't hard for me i just took there's anything that is a constant in my life it is writing and reading I've never been confused about that. And did you, did you, uh, you know, how did it change from from that age? Like, did you change uh, 
you know what what you like in uh, in the books in literature what was it like or you just remain uh, the same in in my in mind I think I pretty much remain same in the sense that I seek out to read books that I'm interested in. So I've never been pressured to read books just because everybody's talking about it. I love to read books I like. So I wouldn't like I'm even in the book club and there are sometimes that they want to read books that I don't like or I don't think I'll be interested in reading and I don't really I feel no pressure. <laughs> I know it sounds I don't know it might sound somehow but that's just me. And then and I also don't get to read well in school they have to prescribe books for us. So whether you like it or not you have to read them. Yeah. But then I I learned some techniques to reading. So I know how to read a book without really reading it. Oh. And I can tell you how it's a technique. I can't even explain, but I know how to to tell you so I can give you the salient points and then tell you the essence. So why is it in our syllabus? What is what is it there to achieve? So my teachers could not really detect. So I think I've always been that stubborn reader from the get-go who wouldn't want to read things that she's not um, interested in but funny enough i enjoy shakespeare hmm. i remember i really enjoyed one would have thought that because of that behavior you wouldn't like writings like shakespeare's kind of writings i really enjoyed shakespeare a lot Macbeth, Merchant of Venice, those were really good times. Yes. Those were really, really, really good times. And I and I think he informed. So did you notice that Ugona was almost speaking, almost. She had this, there's a way she speaks when she's like in a trance or in one of those, her moods, that is kind of poetic. I was inspired by Shakespeare's kind of writing to do that. We also see that kind of well, well, I don't know if you've read it. So I think all those books came together to make the kind of writer that I am. They informed the things I know and the things that I enjoy. This is amazing. Okay, so this one is very, very typical, but I'm, I'm sure it's very interesting. So, um, do you have already some plans? What you gonna, what are you gonna do next, or maybe you're already doing some uh, next project, next book, or play, or something like this? Yes. So, okay, I don't want to give dates, but I expect like two more this year. There's going to be one online that will be published in paperback. For you, UK, you you will still have to get it through Amazon. So yeah. So like I just finished one. When he comes, I I, I try to put finishing touches to it. I mean, so so I'm hoping to, to to produce that by the end of the year. I hope to launch it. But there's going to be one. I don't know if you read Baby by Me, the snippet of it in No. So it's the last story in Tamed. It's just a preview. So that should be out. Oh, that's right. Very soon. Yeah, I put a preview of it in Tamed. Yes, yes, that's right. Wow. Can I add one one little tiny tiny small question? So I am in in yeah. Tamed. This one was uh, very interesting. I was puzzled. Don't know what to think. So so in Tamed, obviously the the the, the main book, and then there is a a new buffet. 
like a small story, but it's got the same um, the name of one of the main characters, Ira, is the same. Is it uh, in any way implies that uh, it's uh, like sequel? So I had written, written a new buffet before Tame. So there are two different people. You know, it was different. after I had written Tame that I realized that I used the same name. <laughs> Makes sense. So I think it just <laughs> happened. It just happened. Maybe just another another incarnation, another life of the same person. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. So um um so um I have a question for you. What when we say at this while in five, ten years, what are we saying? What are we seeing? Mm. Okay, you are going to be seeing someone who will, who would be like, um, would have become much more focused on writing stories that tell about God, that bring people, that bring people to know about Him, you know, and probably with a wider audience by then. You know, anytime it comes to writing, I'm not so big on audience. I just enjoy what I do. I just enjoy what I do. But yes, you would see someone who is very focused on um, writing Christian-based stories and trying to take it to different parts of the world just to get people. You know, nothing, nothing changes people more than stories. If you want to, oh. if you want to pass it, if you, if you want to make a point, you tell people as in you just you know do it like, um, put it, or maybe you just tell them do this. They just say okay, we've heard you. But when you tell a story, they can relate, you know, and people can see themselves in it. So nothing changes, and that's why. In fact, beyond, even in addition to Christian-based fiction, if you've noticed, my stories are always about, are always satires on society. It always aims to change something or to call, show you something or to, to just express society. I, I just love doing that because nothing does it better than a story, you know. So... You'll be seeing more of that. I don't think it's going to change. And we are still going to be, you're still going to see me teaching, uh, mentoring children, children, authors, and adults too. So, yeah. That's what I'm going to see. Well, okay, that, that's great, Adesua. So, um, I'm sure that um, when this podcast, a lot of people might want to connect with you. I want to talk to you. So um, can you give us your you know, mediums in which people can talk to you and maybe DM their questions or maybe opinions or something? This one.satire at gmail.com. You can send me mails. Mails are very effective. Like I would, I would respond to your mail faster than even a text. Yeah. If okay. I can testify. <laughs> okay so um guys one more fun fact about this one that you might not know she's also the strategy lead and co-founder for satire africa yay yes, <laughs> yes. all right then yes i am thank you 
much for your time thank today. You so well. much. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. And for the very insightful questions. Like, you guys asked questions that made me think about what I had written and Hey, thank you for blessing us with those work of art and we're expecting more expecting more thank you so much Adesua, for joining us today and you can catch up with her on BAM books and Okada books and on Instagram at Hadesua Hadesua with a H at the beginning and at the end yeah yes. so um, have a nice evening and thank you yeah Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you have questions, reservations, comments, or opposing views, you can send us a DM at Satire Africa on Instagram. Or better still, you can email us at satire using satirepress at gmail.com. Thank you.